time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Hi, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, let's talk about this uh, transit strike. I know there have been calls for the provincial government to do something. Yeah, and I can understand it. You know, the, there aren't great transit services out in the Fraser Valley to begin with. This is a company that's contracted to BC Transit to provide transit services, and they're on strike. So there's a lot of people left stranded, scrambling to find other ways to get around. Understandable that the province is hearing those calls, but we heard Labour Minister Harry Baines yesterday saying, he, and speaking for the government, he doesn't believe in intervening to settle labor disputes. Uh, collective bargaining is a right, and the only contracts really worth anything are the ones that are uh, arrived at through bargaining. Uh, that sounds harsh, uh, but I think, you know, I believe Harry on this one. I've known him a long time, covered him for a long time. He's a former trade union official, but he's, this is kind of fundamental with him. I can't think of a time when he's departed from the idea that the government does not ride to the rescue, if we can possibly avoid it, to the parties at the bargaining table. Right, and what's his thinking behind that? It's basically a slippery slope argument. I mean, first of all, the, the first fundamental is that the courts in the country have, represent, have recognized a right to free collective bargaining with emphasis on the bargaining. You bargain both sides. You go to the table and you bargain till you get an agreement that you both agree on. So that's the first fundamental. But the second one is more, I think it's a strategic recognition by somebody who is himself a former trade union official. And that is, it's a slippery slope argument. If the government creates the expectation out there that it will ride to the rescue with either a bailout or an imposed settlement or a vote in the legislature to end a dispute, it creates an expectation among the parties that that's what's going to happen. And it removes the number one incentive for getting a deal, which is, Simi, that you compromise. There's no need to budge from your position if you believe that the government's going to ride in at the end of the day and impose a settlement. So Baines, I mean, everybody knows it's a labor government. Uh, the NDP is sympathetic to organized labor, but he also knows that if, if he starts intervening, if the government starts imposing settlements, um, there's no end in sight to that. No one will compromise going down the road. Right. So it's very clear about that. So they shouldn't expect it. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't have options, right? And and the other thing is the labor code includes what I think one would call helping hand options. So if the two sides are really dug in and they aren't moving and it's gone on for a while and caused considerable inconvenience to the public, the government does have the option, the labor minister has the option, Harry Baines has the option of essentially sending in some kind of mediator. There are two or three different kinds of mediator. They're all there, and they're on a sort of a, a schedule, Simi. There's mild, uh, medium, you know, serious stuff. Right. Uh, and the mediator can go in and uh, try to help the parties. If the mediator can't get a settlement, he or she can book out and say, I tried, it's hopeless. Um, the mediator can be sent in in really, really tough situations to write a report recommending settlements. And if all of that happens and you're down the road and it still hasn't produced a settlement, the government does have the option to take the mediator's report 
and legislated. But the New Democrats haven't done that, and Baines doesn't believe in it, and I don't think it'll come to that. I think the most we'll see is um, the mediator sent in or the facilitator to try to you know, bring them together and make some recommendations. I don't think you're going to see an imposed settlement by, from this government. Okay, so let's also talk about, <laughs> and I know we discuss this all the time, no matter what the Premier says, but the possibility of an election, because I will acknowledge that, yes, this is true. It sure seems like there is some campaigning going on. Well, for a guy who says he doesn't believe in snap elections, David Eby is sure running a lot of election ads. You know, I love the radio ones that they've been running, paid for by taxpayers out of NDP caucus funds, talking about the wonderful accomplishments of the Premier's first 100 days and saying there's more to come. Uh, So there were those. Well, now there's a whole bunch posted on YouTube, and at the risk of giving the Premier a free ad, people can look them up out there. There's a bunch of them. There's a piece in the Vancouver Sun today by my colleague Katie DeRosa on those. And those sound an awful lot like election ads. You know, there's David Eby in casual settings telling people all the great things that he's doing for them and drawing a very sharp, contrast to his opponent, Kevin Falcon, saying, you know, Falcon would undo all of this. So, you know, if we were if we were in a pre-election mode, that's what you'd be expecting to see. So for a guy who says he doesn't believe in an early election, David Eby certainly looks like someone who's getting ready for one. Okay, and so what are these ads all about? Well, you know, if, if you go into the rationalizations among New Democrats, they are compare and contrast ads that are designed to define the new leader. So they recognized that John Horgan had built up an awful lot of political capital with a public that generally liked John Horgan and approved of him all the way through his five years as premier. So David Eby is not as well known. Nobody would call David Eby quite the same level of charmer as or- as Horgan. So the, Lib- the New Democrats will say, no, no, we're not getting ready for an election. What we're trying to do is to define our new leader and define him in contrast to his opponent, uh, Kevin Falcon. So that's what these ads are all about, reminding people of his record and saying, look at what we've done, saying, you know, don't waver in your support for the NDP because the liberals would bring ruin and wreck on all of us. And that's all this is. This is not a pre-election campaign. You got that? It's not that we're getting ready for an election. It's just compare and contrast between us and our opponent. Okay, so what does this mean for the other parties then? I mean, if they see this happening, are they gearing up for an election? Well, the other parties, of course, were horribly burned and felt terribly double-crossed by what Horgan did to them in 2020. Uh, You know, and there's a whole bunch of poisonous history there. (laughs) They'll never quite forgive the New Democrats for it, but it it led Greens and Liberals to vow never again. We're not going to get caught like this again by a snap election. So the Greens have moved into pre-campaign mode themselves. I think they've, what, already nominated at least one candidate. They are nominating candidates. They've been running uh, their own compare and contrast press releases, launching some pretty severe attacks on the government. So that's what the Greens are doing. The Liberals are hedging a bit. They haven't gone to full pre-campaign mode, because if they were doing that, Simi, they would have 
changed their name already and begun nominating candidates. They aren't doing that, uh, partly because they haven't decided this is the right time to change their name, partly because they're worried if they got into the midst of name change, the, the New Democrats might ambush them with a, an early election. But the other thing you can see the Liberals doing is they are building up uh, a real backlash campaign around David Eby saying repeatedly that he doesn't believe in an early election, that he's wedded to October the 19th, 2024, is the date written into law. So if Eby were to depart from and change his mind and say, well, actually, I do need an early election and a mandate, you know that the Liberals have ready a whole bunch of ads with Eby saying exactly the opposite and saying uh, you can't trust him. So... I would say the Liberals are hedging. I would say that deep down inside, they doubt we're looking at an early election this spring, but they want to keep that possibility open. I would say they aren't ruling out the greater likelihood of an election this fall or one next spring. And in the meantime, they're not going to launch the name change campaign until we're through the spring election window, and we'll get that over the summer so they'll be ready under their new name in the fall. I would think they would want to speed that up. Well, <laughs> you would think, right? They say they're not ready, right? And, and, and here's the thing. If you look at a calendar on this, so the, the window for a spring election is – Probably from the time the legislature adjourns, and it's adjourning early, the government decided that, and they say, oh, it's got nothing to do with an early election. Uh, it's the timing of Easter. Well, you believe that one. So the legislature is finished on the 11th of May. So you've got a three- or four-week window there for a spring election. It would take, Simi, most of the ad people that I've talked to say it would take several months to fully run a campaign to change your party's name, rebranding, right? It, it takes a while, but an election call needs only 28 days. So if the Liberals were to launch the name change, say they launched it next week, and with a, a view to getting it all done by, hmm, say, June, Eby could ambush them with an election call in the middle of the name change because he only needs 28 days to call an election. That's the length of the campaign in BC written into law. So, you know, I think the liberal hesitation here is partly uh, worried about getting caught unprepared. And you can imagine the New Democrats are enjoying this enormously. They're doing things to tease the liberals. These ads are designed to get the liberals. Well, maybe, you know, they're thinking of an early election, right? Even if they're not. So they're kind of the New Democrats are kind of tormenting the Liberals a bit here. Uh, this strange decision the Liberals have made to abandon their name and take up a new one and kind of daring them to do it um, in the middle of the spring election window. Hmm. So interesting. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.